Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Science in Africa, a Nature Careers podcast series. I'm Akin Jimo, Chief Editor of Nature Africa. I work and live in Lagos, and I'm passionate about promoting science and public health journalism in my native Nigeria and across Africa. In this series, we explore the practice of science in this wonderful continent, the progress, the issues, the needs, and in the worlds of African scientists who are based here. In this sixth episode, we spotlight the African diaspora and hear from two researchers about how they contribute to scientific research back home. First, we meet Hadisal, a molecular biologist who completed her education to doctorate level in France and the United States before returning to her native Senegal. I ask her, could she have stayed abroad? Yeah, definitely. So I could have stayed in 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 either countries in either country because um, you know what I study is something I I guess with COVID people more likely understand the importance of it. So what I study, I did not really have problem to integrate uh, to 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 stay there and have a job. So I could have worked in the lab or even continue a career at the university. So. And especially why did you come back to Senegal? <laughs> Is that why you came <laughs> back to Senegal? <laughs> so <laughs> Things are easy out there. Yeah. yeah, like when I made the decision to come back or when I was in the process of making the decision to come back, I felt like to some extent also I was self-sabotaging because, I mean, I have spent so much time abroad like learning and growing there and becoming an adult, becoming a professional and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I want to go back home where I did not necessarily have a lot of prospect. And for me, my coming back as well, for a lot of people, when they come back to Africa, well, they already have like a job lineup or something that kind of encouraged them to come or like a hefty savings or something. But in my case, it wasn't like that. So it was some sort of leap of faith. And I I wanted to come back because I thought like I could have more impact back home. I could make more difference back home. And then so at some point, I mean, I just I just took a jump. And I was like also since I was still young, 
like how I kind of convince myself to make this jump and then make this huge bet on my career is like still since I'm still young so I can go ahead and try to come back and see how it works and if it doesn't if you do it young enough at some point if it doesn't work out you still have the option to to go back if necessary so at some point to try to convince myself that's what I said but yeah 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 what what time frame is 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 all this I mean when did you come back and um has it been yeah. so far so like I came back a year after my PhD back in the US so it was in 2018 so I came back in May 2018 so and my coming back as well it was something very quicker one day I woke up and I bought a ticket I was like if I don't do it now probably I will never have the courage to do it so I just bought a ticket and then in one week I was back already so and um and I came back since 2018 and you know and since then now it's 2022 the years they they go pretty fast and then um and then since then you know like being in 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 my country I it's it's not necessarily easy you know when you know when you decide to come back it's it's a struggle because you're used to like certain type of infrastructure, you're used to set working with you know certain type of like people and etc. And then if you come here, it's like you have to start everything from scratch, and that's really a big challenge uh, for me and then for a lot of people who've decided to come back as well. Yeah, you know, you, you set up a non-governmental organization in you know, not-for-profit organization called the Science Education Exchange for Sustainable Development, CSD. What does it do? So CSD is an organization I started in 2015, and it's actually, you know, one of the, one of the key uh, projects that kind of convinced me that I could come back as well, because I started it while I was in while I was still a PhD student back in the US. So CSD really does uh, STEM education. So the goal is to promote STEM education starting from a young age to encourage uh, scientific literacy and critical thinking. Because, you know, like I was always interested in, 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 you know, starting something like a company or something in biotech. And at some point, you know, I realized that to get all the way there, like, I mean, you have to train, like, there needs to be, like, human resources here. I feel like that's the key issue that's, you know, that's the key problem that we need to solve first in Africa. It's like training a human resource uh, in STEM education. So, and then the goal is, like, really with this organization is starting from a young age, we can work with kids, we do hands-on uh, science, and we kind of show them that science can be fun, it can be easy, and it also is a way you could build a career where you could have a great impact in your community. Because I mentioned like something that, you know, that, was, that helped me come back was the fact that I have created CSD. And uh, with CSD, like when I started in 2015 till 2018, I went to a lot of conferences abroad and then I was speaking about this fact that, 
you know, like development could be done in a way that's different from what you see in Europe or what you see in U.S. Because in in a lot of places in Africa, we have a different culture. We have a we have languages we have to conserve. We have also the environment we have to conserve. Like if you want to do development, it has to be different because we're talking about climate change. We cannot just you know, follow the path of US or Europe, etc., because it will have a damage to the world. So we have to do it differently. And the way we could do it differently is by, you know, developing, um, you know, using our, you know, our local values, which most of them are preserving the environment and, you know, and are very important when it comes to, like, um, you know, caring for the planet. I believe that the Hollywood film was a big inspiration to you. Yeah, so Black Panther is a it's a blockbuster now, so an Avenger film about a black superhero. I mean, the movie is presumably located in a country in Africa that's named Wakanda. It is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. And then the movie really, I think it it could mean a different thing to a different people because, I mean, it's an Avenger film, so it's like you have this whole superhero kind of, you know, routine that happens in, you know, Avenger film. But something that's more even important in the movie, it's like the science and the culture behind it. For me, that's really, when I look at Black Panther, that's what I'm seeing. And a lot of things I was talking about, and then people did not seem to get, the movie was showing it pretty well. Tell me something. What do you know about Wakanda? It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits, all the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. Like in terms of like development could be different. Like for in terms of Black Panther, you see like Wakanda, which is a different kind of city from what you will so what you'll see in New York City or what you will see in you know in, in, in Paris or something. Also something that really touched me through this movie, it's the representation of like the African culture uh, and also how this could be mixed up with science and lead to like innovation that could have potentially have an impact in the world. And so for me that's what the movie is about like seeing it through the science perspective and then how also all these things could happen like with the foundation with the foundation of it being like that people like they conserve their they, they culture they conserve their values they conserve their local languages so for me it's like you know it's the movie was just like something wonderful to see and then it was like this it can help you. It helps you like see this vision that development could happen differently in Africa, and it could be a development that's you know that's rooted within the culture and that's kind of preserve our local languages, preserve our uh, our indigenous knowledge and a lot of different things that could be that we should definitely not lose because this will be you know our our added value to what 
we will bring to the table when it comes to like you know innovation or something because i feel like if we're not authentic in being scientists and you know doing research following our local problematics and you know our local culture then at some point we will like we will just become another us or another france or something and that would be very boring and hopefully that will not happen here and then we will like be vibrant different kind of do like a different kind of science that will be like people will be like wow why did why didn't this happen sooner so i i just thought like it was a beautiful example of what it could be and how development could be different so and then after i saw that movie i was like yeah well i'm i'm coming back for sure My name is uh, Rafi Agoro so I am a Togolese citizen and uh, I am working as a junior faculty at the Department of Medical and Molecular Genetics based in Indianapolis in Indiana state uh, at Indiana University School of Medicine So tell us about your time abroad your time in the US and France So um I went to France to uh, pursue um a graduate study in um immunology biotechnology and uh, molecular genetics I spent in total 5 years in France and uh, the experience was unique uh, I had the privilege um to do good science to, to be mentored by um renowned uh scientists as well as making like uh, lifelong <laughs> friends for example in France yeah it was a pretty good experience in France after my phd in France in 2016 i moved to united states uh to start my postdoc uh position at new york university school of medicine Yeah you you are from Togo. Um let me let me ask why did you not return to Togo? Yeah so this is uh, I think this is uh, a question people keep asking me. Actually I returned to Togo. So two weeks after my graduate uh, my graduation for example from PhD I went back straight forward to Togo. Um I even have the opportunity to meet with the dean of two university in Togo uh where uh, I share with them like my uh, experience my background and what I really want to do uh unfortunately at that time they don't have some openings at university for example to work so it was in 2016 and in the meantime when i was in togo i was i, I was interviewed um by um a professor at new york university and within a one week period they offer me um a postdoctoral position for example so the question become whether i stay there uh, by waiting for a job to be uh, available where i can job, join the job market or do i take for example uh the position i have uh, for example at uh, new york university so for me it was important at that time just to make sure that i keep my scientific training ongoing 
so i decided just to move uh to new york just to continue uh my training going because it is really important to not lose the skill i learned during my phd and it is also important just to keep learning for example new scientific skills so it was it was critical for me just to keep going but even if i am not in togo now i am still thinking about ways just to contribute in a different manner to uh, togolese science but let, let me ask you 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 sought for opportunity there was no space for you was it that the system was not ready for the kind of research you want to do or the system is not was not ready you know to um more or less look at the area your area of specialization was that was that an issue i have a very broad um Uh, scientific training background so for example i can do like uh, biotechnology i can work in immunology i have some training uh, in genetics um but uh, the real issue is that uh, the system does not have like some opening for maybe like young ambitious like uh, scientists like me um yeah the system was not ready for me just to join the job market actually there and uh, i don't know why but this is what what happened yeah hmm. so so you you set up the network the africa african diaspora scientist federation adsf what does it do our goal at adsf is just to make sure that uh, to, um african scientists in the diaspora are known and we want just to mobilize these african scientists from the diaspora to see ways they can contribute for example to african science for example uh, what is uh, important for us is to see like uh, one uh, african scientist living for a Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Example in Pittsburgh, uh, is there any way he can contribute to the mentoring of African um stu- African uh, scientists for example or is there any way for example um um one scientist from Ghana in uh, U- at UCLA can mentor one uh master student for example uh, from Kenya for example so those are kind of um kind of uh, uh, work we are doing at ADSF basically mentorship we are also involved for example to create collaboration between like african scientists in the diaspora and scientists who are living and working in africa here we have two african scientists who studied abroad and wanted to take what they had learnt back to their homeland but using two different approaches Adisal inspired by Hollywood blockbuster returned to Senegal with ambitious plans to change the culture of how development is done. On the other hand, 
Rafiu Agoro feeds his expertise back to Africa, remotely via mentoring. I wanted to know how that worked. What we are doing um, is to match African diaspora scientists with students in science in Africa. So this covers a six-month period at a rate of one hour of meeting per week where the mentor and the mentee meet via Zoom, WhatsApp, or whatever platform they will like just to use and where the mentor share uh, career advice with the mentees. And also the mentee will ask for advice about um, writing an article uh, or um, applying for a, a fellowship or, uh, or um, looking for job opportunities. So the mentor are living mainly in the diaspora. So they are in France, in New Zealand, Australia, US, Canada, uh, basically all over the, the world. We have recently some mentor also from China uh, who, who are in the network. So the mentee are in Africa, okay? So they are in Africa, they can be in Kenya, in Tanzania, in Togo, of course, in Senegal, and all over the African continent. So our goal is just to make the, the match between mentor and mentee and set um, a, a meeting schedule for them where they can just uh, exchange their idea, um, exchange their hope in terms of science. And it is also a good way just to talk to someone who has a little bit more experience, uh, just to learn about their challenges and, um, and uh, the, the opportunity they can have. And uh, I think like we create this a network of mentor mentee because uh, for us to be where we are today it has been a little bit challenging just to be where we are it is it was a little bit difficult just to find like who to talk with when we are we were moving abroad so this is facilitated now through ADSF so we know for example people from Kenya after they have uh, after they got for for instance the opportunity to go to in UK to study, uh, we can leverage our network to find someone who is living or, and working in the university, for example, of Manchester, and then this person can give him like tips about where to start from. And sometimes also what, what we are doing at AJSF is like we can help people in Africa who are moving abroad to pay some fees because they don't have maybe credit card all uh, in Africa, and then we find a way just to um, to to work those uh, simple uh, simple issue uh, issue out. Yeah. How many people have you mentored so far? Yeah, at the personal level, I am turning around twenty five. At ADSF, we are around uh, more than one hundred for sure. Okay, and how many mentors do you have? We have around one hundred fifty mentors. Active mentor, wow. active mentor. In the and next, it's, and it's growing. Yeah, it is growing. In the uh, okay. in the LinkedIn, uh, the people we are who are really uh, in our network, it is around two thousand, for example.
Now, let, let's look at uh, how can scientists from Africa, I mean, those who choose not to return, how can they support and develop their colleagues back home? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question because, I mean, it's not because you're not back that you cannot have an impact as well. Because as for me, I, I started what I was doing in 2015. So I came back in 2018. So I had three years where I was kind of doing an activity back in Senegal and I was still abroad. So and then something they could definitely do is like you could find ways to collaborate with colleagues back here because I mean something that's very much needed colleagues who are in these African countries is like they need a, a collaborative network outside of their country. So and I think it could be a way to help our colleagues because through this collaboration they may get funding. You can for the person abroad you can have the impact back home. And also something I, I could advise as well is like you could also start a project, who knows, like a lot of scientists I know who are abroad also, some of them, they, they, they start, um, you know, they, they do some kind of projects where they, 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 they try to teach uh, certain skills, they do workshop, etc. And then also something I do, for example, I am working up, um, I'm working on, sorry, set, uh, setting up this uh, this bachelor program, and some of my uh, professors are Senegalese from abroad. So I thought for me it was very important to include them, because you know, I'll, because I could see myself through them. When I was abroad, I was looking for any, you know, any opportunity to have an impact back home. So, and I feel like a lot of people who are abroad, they eager to do something back, back here. And then COVID had taught us something. It's like distances, they matter less. When it comes to education, for example, you could take your laptop, you could be having classes with students here. And then through my programs, that's what I do. Some of the, you know, the courses that are a little bit advanced where I cannot find the local human resource here, I work with uh, Africans abroad or Senegalese abroad who can actually take on those classes and teach to students directly here and have that impact even if they're not far away. So, yeah, which I think is, is important. Now, what about junior scientists from Africa who want to develop their careers in another country? You know, what advice yeah. would you give them? So I will definitely tell them to, to, to do it because, I mean, my time abroad was... I, I cannot... If I did not have that experience, I don't think I will be here today because it taught me so much in terms of not only the, 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 you know, the science part, but just the life part. Because when you're abroad, you face with different you know, challenges when it comes to like the culture in which you're in, like the people you meet, etc. So it teaches you a lot of stuff in terms of life, just life. And I think having those life skills are also very important, as, as important as having all the scientific and technical background. So definitely find, try, try to find opportunity to go abroad because you will not regret it. That would be like a really good decision for your career. And I think that kind of education was even more important than what I learned uh, at the university. It's like the, the people you interact with, like the diversity, like you interact with people with so many different backgrounds, so many different, you know, uh, 
what a backgrounds, it could be racial backgrounds, it could be geographical, it could be like a different things. And that helps you become, you know, more compassionate. And I also, it helps you kind of improve your leadership skills. That's, 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 that's great. Now, do, do you feel a duty to help fellow Africans? Was that the reason why you set it up? Yeah, I basically, uh, at the end of the day, um, I was trained um, from uh, when I was young until high school in Togo. So the government from Togo invest in my future, for example. So after this 18 years I spent for in Togo, it was important maybe uh, now just to think about what I can do also just to give back from uh, for um, where I come from. So this is what motivates me just uh, to keep doing this. It is important just to give back from, uh, from um, to give back to Africa who contribute or who inici- which initiate our training to become who we are today. You know, for the benefit of um, other African scientists who are in the diaspora, uh, should the African science diaspora be doing more to help their home continent? Absolutely, yes. I think like as scientists, we can do more. For me, the way I see science is like helping people um, or teaching people to fish, actually, okay? Instead of giving them the fish... Oh, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think, mean, like teaching science to someone, uh, you will you will help him just to think differently, and he can apply this in the lab. But also the way he interact with the society will change because he has like a broad a broad like view of things, and also uh, it is also the opportunity to be persistent. For example, for me, I think like I think like science teach us to be really persistent. And if you are persistent, theoretically, you will be successful. So if you are, you can be successful in science, and in the meantime, in the meantime, you are going to be successful. For example, in this society. So I think like um, for African diaspora scientists, uh, to come back to your question, yes, we can send like remittance for example to our 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 parent but in addition to that it will be great just to make sure that we share also our scientific knowledge with a student for example in science in africa because uh, at the end of the day we have some knowledge here people don't have there but it is reciprocal right because people in africa also have a lot to teach us okay this is why i think like as african diaspora scientists we have a unique perspective okay which is totally different from like other people from for example people who are in africa or people who are here in the in the diaspora so i think like we are right in the middle uh, and we can see like both uh, we can see the world or the science in a different way for example okay you know looking at the future looking at the present thing you've done, looking at what you know about other African scientists in diaspora and those who are on the continent. Is there a bright future for science in Africa? Yes, I think like we have to keep in mind to see the positive things which are happening in Africa. 
personally, when I was back in Togo, I see a lot of progress, and I am really happy about that. Um, there is a bright future in Africa, for sure. Uh, the only thing is how we can mobilize like people who know more um, or who have some secret. How can we mobilize them just to contribute to accelerate this future? We are waiting for years, for example. So I believe like um, African scientists in the diaspora can highly contribute to African future and African science because we have a lot of expertise we can share and it will not take us a lot of time. It can take us one hour, but the expertise we can give in one hour can be important just to change some, uh, some aspect of Africa. Anything yeah. else you want to tell our audience? Yes, I want to use uh, this opportunity just to call for uh, African scientists in the diaspora uh, uh, to keep uh, thinking about um, ways they can contribute uh, to African science because it is really important uh, in my point of view that um, uh, they have like unique uh, expertise but also unique perspective uh, uh, in, in, uh, for, for Africa. So I think like if we can mobilize them a little bit more and uh, it will be just critical just to help the continent um, moving forward. And uh, one of um, my goal is just to make sure, uh, is just to find a way just to create a repertoire where people can just jump in just to see who, who is who is who, who is who and who is where and see uh, what they can uh, what they can do uh, just to help us because i believe like there is a lot of uh, african scientists uh, working f uh, for decades in some uh, places in the world but they are not really um, known in Africa, but this is why what ADSF is uh, is willing just to to do, just to help with that. Yeah. I agree. Africa has a bright future. Like Rafiu says, the diaspora can help much more if we can mobilize them somehow, and its growing network is doing that. At the same time, we want to use that knowledge and experience and adapt it to suit the African situation and usefully solve African needs. So, that's all for this episode of Science in Africa, a Nature Careers podcast. I'm Akinjimo, Chief Editor of Nature Africa. Thanks again to Hadisal and Rafiu Aguru. And thank you for listening. Thank you.